computer geek, you will be connected in no time. That's running for too long. Welcome everybody to the Arcadia Roundtable. It's a brand new podcast with no affiliation to any platform, any corporation or anybody else. So we get to freely talk about whatever the hell we want to with you, our beloved Arcadia community. Um, for those that don't know, it's a fresh YouTube channel with a thriving Discord where we have a great time playing our games and talking about things. Every Thursday, no, what's the day today? Tuesday, every Tuesday, I'm going to be here with my good friends Chris and Dodge talking everything gaming that's going on. So let's do our little introductions. You probably already know me from this channel. My name's Acer and I'm an idiot. Um, I'm not important. Let's hear from Chris, first of all. Chris, please, please, please say hello to everyone and tell him a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. So I'm looking forward to starting this little series. Obviously, we've been talking about it for a while. So yeah, I used to work for Sony. I was a game designer, worked at Studio Liverpool, also worked at Guerrilla Games in Amsterdam, on Killzone 2, Wipeout F1, etc. Um, obviously, said a few so-called controversial things on Twitter and cheesed a load of people off. But uh, ultimately, I'm a gamer at heart, play across multiple platforms. Um, and my platform of choice at the moment is PC, which I'll, I'm sure will anger a lot of people. Hopefully not Arcadia members, but people outside of this. They are not an angry bunch, so I'm sure they're going to accept your PC playing open hearts, open minds. Speaking of open heart, open mind, the Dodge Knight, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Um, I'm the Dodge Knight. Uh, yeah, thank you, Acer, for inviting me on. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. So when you said about doing this with Chris, obviously it was like a bit of a no-brainer. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I'm like sort of switch more to PC these days. It just didn't justify having a box just sitting on the side, really. Um, so I play my games on PC these days. Uh, but yeah, other than that, failed YouTuber, uh, balding uh, roofer, and that's about it. <laughs> That's all you need. That's brilliant. You're like, you all know Dodge. Turn Dodge up a bit. I can't. He needs to get closer to his microphone. Um, you're all right, Dodge. You stay exactly where you are. They, the people say that it's good and fine. This is one way you all get to talk to us as well. We'll try and be as interactive as we can. It's not easy because there's a lot of buttons to press and things to do, but ask us questions. Talk to us. Get involved. It is all good. We'll do our best to keep it, keep it flowing. Um, before we do that, let's have a little bit more from these two about who they are and what they're doing. So... Go with Dodge first of all on this one. You mentioned that you like to play a bit on the PC and all of that stuff. Give me a little overview of like real high level, how you see the industry, what's exciting to you at the moment. Uh, how I see the industry at the moment. I mean, mm. I, I see the industry in a good place at the moment for me personally. Um, obviously, Sony have started bringing their games over to PC, so that's good for them because they're earning more money. It's good for PC gamers because they're getting to play PlayStation games. Uh, Xbox obviously do their day and date with Game Pass, um, so that's a good thing for me as well. Obviously, the gaming industry has grown. I know there's been a lot of layoffs, um, but I think a lot of that is consequential for the pandemic hiring that they've done. Um, but yeah, the, the gaming industry is in a really good place at the minute, I think, despite what's happened in the last 24, 48 hours, because like, the sky's falling. Well, it's actually not, but still. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm relatively happy, and, and a lot of stuff that we've seen over the last sort of 12 months, 
not so much on the Sony side of things, first party wise, but on the Xbox side, it looks like some really good software coming. So yeah, I think I think the gaming industry is in a great, in an okay place right now. You know, it's no worries. It's always exciting. It's never not been since I was like six years old and first discovered it. Chris, you've you've worked in it. You've embraced it. You've played games forever. You've worked at Sony. You've been on an Xbox centric podcast before. Now you're here in the open. Give me your give me your take. How's gaming these days? What's it all about? I think, I mean, personally, I don't see much of a difference in terms of, like, the staffing cycle. Um, and this is not a slight at Sony. It's obviously just where I was based for kind of 15 years. But there was annual uh, layoffs at Sony, and it was quite it was quite nerve-wracking at times. You know, you would see the team, and the team would build up um, for the different projects and some of the... Uh, some of the concept work, and then you would see a number of people disappear and, and you know, get laid off, unfortunately. Um, but that's just business, and, you know, ultimately you avoid it for X number of years. Um, but luckily there's always studios and there's always publishers and so on and so forth waiting to pick people people up. Um, and then ultimately in the 15th year, you know, Studio Liverpool got closed down completely. There was a merge with Evolution Studios a couple of years before that. Um, and obviously, you're just in a situation where there's too too many developers and not enough projects going around. Um, so I agree with Daj. I think it's, you know, the pandemic, there was a lot of hiring, let's get things finished, a lot of people working from home, so on and so forth. Um, and then the headcounts have to reduce. And it's, it's crap <laughs> for the people that get caught up in it. But as I say, hopefully there are enough publishers and developers out there who can sweep those up. In terms of gaming, I think it's more diverse yes. than ever. Um, I think, obviously, mobile is probably where it's at, weirdly. I'm not saying I'm a massive mobile gamer, but I think we'll, I'm sure we'll touch upon it later. Joe, you know, there's a reason why Microsoft wanted to buy Activision Blizzard King because they wanted a mobile presence. They wanted to start, you know... Um, having a slice of the pie, which Apple and Google dominate uh, with. Um, in King, well, you know, one of the top 3% of mobile um, developers and publishers. And I was just speaking to Daj earlier on this. The weird thing is, is obviously you can, you know, you can build a game for tens of thousands of pounds, you know, maybe 100K, and you can return a billion quid in six months on mobile. Um so obviously organizations need to take a look at that and can't just ignore it. And that's what Microsoft will be looking at, no doubt. Um you've got things like Monopoly Go, Joe Scopely uh, launched ten months ago and he did a billion. It's, it's like insane figures when you look at Activision spending you know, six, seven, eight hundred million um on certain franchises to recoup a billion quid and or billion dollars plus. Um so I think the landscape's changing. I think the handheld PCs and so on and so forth just means there's more variety for more gamers out there. This is wild. Um, what I actually expected to happen going into this show, um, we're like nine minutes into it now. I thought by now you both would have fallen into pirate accents because every time we've played games in the past, you've gone full on pirate, whether it's CFEs or a completely like be racing in a car and you both go pirate and you both had a little nibble on it before the show even started. You both fell into it. So I'm shocked. You must be nervous for us to have got nine minutes in with no pirate. Um, I'm going to quickly grab the super chats and stuff. 
and then we'll go on to more of a, a game focus rather than a a money focus so we've got patrick's gifted five memberships there which is real generous patrick you did it last time as well so it's massively appreciated um those of you that have claimed those if you go onto the discord link and link up your youtube account oh, you're in for a treat we have a great time over there um i got game servers and people talking and streaming and having fun all the time there so it is a good thing please do embrace it if you're up for it also had a super chat which i have lost like i did last time around but it won't take long to grab um champagne supernova champagne supernova congrats on the launch legends here's to many more episodes first question why do you guys call soccer the same thing as what taylor swift watches guys <laughs> i'm gonna let you take that wait both of these gents are massive soccer fans take it away uh well the simple answer is um soccer uh, as a term was created long after the game of football was created um so why did you decide to change the name of the game that's that's my rebuttal to that <laughs> you got a bit to add on that chris <laughs> but no, all i was gonna add is why if it was called football why did they call it american football even though i mean just that, an angry true. man that is that is the response of an angry man you've gone and done it now <laughs> let's um let's move it over to some games shall we dodge tell me what you've been playing Oh, I've actually been playing games. Uh, what have I been playing? So G Gamesley, uh, who does the Thursday show, he bigged up Brotato. Gamesley, so sorry, I'll say Gamesley. <laughs> uh, Gamesley. So, um, yeah, he bigged up Brotato. That's, uh, that's my Steam Deck game when I'm at work. Like, do a bit of that. Uh, beat Uncharted 4. Uh was that last night? Yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I'll beat it yesterday. That's a really good game. I, I sort of, lately, I've been playing the Sony games. So I've done The Last of Us remake. That's sick. I understand like, the hype behind that first game. Um, yeah, Uncharted 4. And then I actually started Death Stranding last night, which was about an hour's play, which was 45 minutes of cutscene. But the Decimer engine is uh, it's a thing of beauty. So, yeah, just, just playing stuff like that at the moment. Waiting for Dragon's Dogma 2, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, probably wait for that to drop in the cell. So, yeah, I've got plenty to get on with, though. So, like Death Stranding, I reckon we'll, we'll get round to that when we talk a little bit later about the PlayStation Showcase. But um, Uncharted, are you like, typically a, a fan of the Uncharted games? You were an Xbox guy for a long time. So is this a, a recent revelation for you? I was the biggest Xbox guy. I was as big as some of these other clans you heard in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I, I was frontline. <laughs> and uh, even I couldn't justify having a box sitting there in the PC, so it had to go. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I will I, I will give Sony credit. Like, their, their first-party offerings visually, you know, with, a, like, Spider-Man, the pacing of that game, that was another one that I beat recently. The pacing of it was a little bit off for me. Like, it was it was a slow start. It was all over the fucking place for me. Um, but first party, the quality level that Sony produced, I mean, even, obviously, we'll talk about it in a little while, Helldivers 2. I mean, it just looks sick. Like, it just looks a really good visually-looking game, you know? And, uh, yeah, Uncharted, Tomb Raiders, yeah, like, all the... <laughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. All the reboot of the Tomb Raider franchise, I love that. I went into the Xbox Direct um, with the anticipation that 
Indiana Jones was going to copy the blueprint, you know, um, but I weren't disappointed mm-hmm. with what I saw. Um, it made sense for, for Machine to, to stick with what they're good at, and it looked good. But, yeah, those sort of visual, like the Malaysian mountains and stuff like that, don't try to level that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, good games. Lovely. Have you played the first Uncharted recently at all? No. Uh, no, I've not played. I've, I've, the only reason I played Uncharted Four is because it's on PC. So any other previous entry, I, I've on the Sony console. I haven't allowed one in the vicinity of myself. So if there were like a wild remaster of the first Uncharted game, you wouldn't be unhappy. No, no. Okay. I'm never. I'm not. I mean, like remakes and re not reboots so much, but remakes. If it's a game that's you know, for me, like inside the last ten years, maybe since the Xbox One, PS4 gen, if they're remaking something from then, I don't feel like it's really gonna like be a lot, like be a big leap. Like where the games I want remade are like Soul Reaver, you know what I mean? Some of these like early Xbox, you know, PlayStation titles. But yeah, give me give me more Uncharted. That's fine. I'll be happy with that. We got at the um, on the YouTube chat there. There's a Q and A box that has just appeared. If you want to stick some questions in there at the end of the show, they'll be a little bit filtered if there's loads of them. But we'll um, we'll get a few of them to get through right at the end. Um, I'm a Tony. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I've forgotten the name. That's how much I'm looking forward to it. Banished or Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. Um, we can try and drop that in a little bit later. But yeah, don't nod. Make interesting choice and consequence games. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Tony wants you to talk about the rain. I love weather in games, and usually, like, it makes any game look better. What what is what's wrong with the weather in Uncharted Four, Dutch? Oh, the um, uh, no, we was I was streaming it in the uh, in the buzzing Discord that everyone should join up with. But still, um, I was streaming it in there, and it's just like the waterfalls, you know, like the sort of. I don't know what you call it, like the spray and stuff like that. It's just a whole game. You've got like realistic, picturesque setting with this like smoke machine effect coming off of the water. But the lighting, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but the lighting's really good in the game. So yeah, I'll leave it there. Yeah, so even Cyberpunk, when it rains in Cyberpunk, it looks gorgeous. But if you're streaming it, the stream is going to struggle. That's just the way compression is. Which is sad. Um, Chris, you're like me. You've been like way too busy for too many games. What what, what would you be playing if you could? Yeah, I mean, as I said before we came on here, I feel a bit of a fraud at the minute because obviously I've, <laughs> I've been too busy to play stuff. Um, I've been dipping in and out of Vampire Survivors still, kind of, uh, I think, given the, given the time constraints I've got and things like that, just dropping in and... Doing a couple of rounds of that is quite good. Obviously, I've got my um, Rog Ally, so I can at least take that out on the move. Um, like I said in the chat before, kind of Steam is my go-to platform. It has been for since you know since its uh, inception, really. But I think now you know having the catalog that we've got on the and the fact that we can use it across multiple devices is really good. Um, Played a bit of Death Stranding on PC, like Darge. Um, need to pick that back up. Looking forward to jumping into Hell Divers too. Maybe three of us can co op that. I think it's four player co op, is it? Or is it more than I that? Say, yeah, that. four, I think. Uh, so that would be good. It'll be a bit like Remnant all over again, where never. I jump never in the middle and don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you do talk like pirates, that and it's good, just it's yeah. fine. <laughs> 
um, so yeah, there's a few things. I mean, I I really kind of enjoy the RTSs and stuff. So um, I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, can't remember the name of it. That kind of medieval RTS that's coming out. Kind of like a king builder. Oh. It'll come to me. I'll find out what it's called. Um, yeah, Man of Lords really or something. Good. No, that's not the one. Man of Lords, that's the one, yeah. Man of Lords, yeah. Mm. So I'm waiting for that. That's obviously been on my wish list for a while. I've just been kind of hoping for it to come out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really like it. I played a bit of Spider-Man too. So give, give that mm-hmm. a blast. And obviously big fan of Insomniac. They just are great at what they do. Um, I know a few people um, comment on it that you know, the same formula and this, that, the other, but it moves the story on. They've added, obviously, really nice combat set pieces. And I think if you just want to lose yourself in almost an interactive movie, which is not necessarily, you know, um, constant button masher and stuff in terms of uh, quick time events, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really good game. And Insomniac have built a pretty good world that they can uh, crack on with. Um so Steam's your so, go yeah, to, but you're still happy enough to crack out the PlayStation when you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've got yeah, I've got access to. I'm fortunate. Like, I, you know, I get this, and I understand where people need consoles because obviously that's where their affordability is, not just like the platform of choice. Um, we're quite lucky, you know, before Christmas I decided to build a 4090 rig. You know, we spoke about it, Acer and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a hell of an outlay, but you know, it's partly used for business, I could use it for, for game and, and for me it's being able to play games at like the maximum fidelity we can. Do you know, ultra ultra widescreen monitor, you know, really good settings and so on and so forth. Um you know, if you can build a rig like that and you want to play games in the you know, maximum visual fidelity and FPS, then I think it's the only place you can play really until obviously um, the platform holders get a hold on real next-gen consoles and stuff and we stay away from this like 30 FPS, you know, 4K nonsense, which <laughs> which a lot of them tend to, tend to try and work towards or have a performance mode, which then looks a bit potato-ish. So, tell me about VR because you had a quest too. Have you dropped interest in that? You used to play flight sim a bit. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of the things that we we discussed. That, like, I'm having a real problem with motion sickness um, mm. at the moment. So, obviously, not to harp on, but I don't know whether it's increased slightly because of obviously some of the health things I'm going through. Um, mm. It seems to be less kind of in the head and more like stomach, you know, my stomach goes and then that kind of like ends the session for me. So I think um I've still got my quest two. I was playing around with the quest three in one of the stores just to see the you know fidelity increase. Um I do want to kind of get back into it. So it was weird. I was having a really good time with flight sim. Um I remember saying to Dodge I was having like no motion sickness or anything. And then I just put it on as a normal one day and it completely head went west and it found it really hard to kind of put it back on. Everybody um, kind of learned to do that again. Huh? Right. Yeah. It came the new normal. It, I think, yeah, I think if you have a break or whatever, you've got to kind of get your VR legs again, so to speak. Um I think anything which is like fixed, you know, so any shooters which are kind of fixed spots and you're just kind of looking around mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, the 
they're all fine. Um, but yeah, I need to go back in. One of the guys I work with, he's got a quest three and he's kind of gone up quest one, two, and three. He really enjoys some of the some of the games yeah. they put out, the better fidelity. Um, so yeah, I'd like to get back into it. I mean, really, when I've got time, I'd love to get into kind of um, I racing or racing games in VR, but I think that'll just send send my brain west or whatever. As I say, I don't know if I need to find my There's VR an easy legs cure. and stuff. I'll help you out afterwards. There's an easy cure if you're allowed them. Um, just travel sickness tablets genuinely fix all problems in VR. Um, okay, yeah. Well, I am allowed them, so yeah, I might try that and then try one of the kind of worst games and stuff. Did you find that you had motion sickness? Do you have to take travel sickness tablet or have you got your VR I legs? I definitely did. I was, um, I've always been terrible with travel sickness in like a car or anything. Any kind of reading or looking at my phone was too much for me and I would die on the spot. But I loved VR enough to kind of push through it. Um, There's things you can do with like fans and stuff like that to help. But travel sickness tablets are an immediate shortcut to being okay. And then you can just use it and it's fine. Um, we've got a few people in the community that have the VR headsets and I haven't done enough playing with them um, on the multiplayer. The Quest is actually really nice for jumping into a party like you would on the other consoles and stuff and just getting on with a game. Guys, you're not a fan, are you, of the VR? Mate, I can barely uh, just deal with my vision. You know what I mean? I'm still <laughs> like, I, I get motion sickness just like, driving a, a vehicle on the road. So, yeah, you know... Popping a headset on, I know. I don't think it'd be for me, mate. You know what I mean? I get, I get, oh, I get motion sickness on a fucking on a boat or something. You know what I mean? So if I, I'd be the textbook guy hurling himself into his TV set or something, or like walking out into traffic or something. That, that would be me. I'd get so immersed, I'd, I'd go off for a walk. You know what I mean? So I think for health and safety purposes, I think it's best I stay away, mate. Would you be one of these new Apple Vision Pro people doing like your roofing job, but with the Vision Pro on? I think like, if I, I don't know, <laughs> drop off think, one way to fall to I your death. If, yeah. <laughs> I think if I had three and a half grand laying about, I don't think I'd be sitting on the YouTube board right now. I think I'd be in Turkey getting my head stitched up. So yeah, no, I won't be <laughs> Apple. Uh, <laughs> I won't be Apple Pro Vision in it. No. <laughs> I can't, that device doesn't interest me at all. Let's do, um, first of all, FCW, thank you for, for another gifted membership. And everybody that is here, just uh, to us and join in, it is massively appreciated. Um, so, Chris, then, you haven't had much time to play much beside Vampire Survivors, but there's a lot of games coming in 2024. You mentioned Manor Lords. What, what's going kind of high on your list of things that you're looking forward to this year? So I'm definitely interested in Indiana Jones, just because I'm a big fan of the movies. I think I like machine games as well, so I do like the kind of bravery where they've gone for FPS and this whole kind of <clears throat> you know, through the eyes of indie. Um, I think it'd be a shame to kind of use a studio which is you know, really decent at making FPSs and then say, you know, do a third person or something. And it's nice that they obviously come out of Indy's body for certain cutscenes and stuff, so that looks decent. Um, I was really excited with Death Stranding 2. Looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell Divers as well. I think I want to want to kind of jump into that and play um, play that for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think really, yeah, I've got quite a few games on my wish list and Steam. Um, those kind of. I've, 
it's weird. I've been doing some research on mobile gaming, and it's not. I'm not kind of. <clears throat> you know, I'm not leaking anything at the moment, but just doing some research into mobile gaming. Obviously, one of my business partners has you know launched a new studio. Um, intrinsically, you know, they've been part of like mobile gaming community, so that's why I've just doing a bit of research into it. Um, and I think there's a time and a place, and I think. Given how busy Joe and me and you've been, it's not to say like Darge isn't busy, but he's just finding better time to to play some games. Um, I can see why mobile gaming is popular. You know those kind of like five and ten minute like micro interactions uh, multiple times a day. Um, you play them. Yeah. Besides so research. It's, yeah. So I mean, at the minute I'm playing Monopoly Go. Now I mean it's not. So it's not a death strand or anything like that, but it's it's a kind of drop in drop out game. Yes, I'm playing it because there's a bit of research to it, but it's those it's those kind of like micro interactions. I'm really interested from a business point of view. So kind of scopely have gone from doing Yahtzee games and stuff that they've got a relationship with Hasbro. Um they obviously license Monopoly nine months launched the thing nine or ten months ago and they've done a billion billion quid already so i mean it's certainly a market not to kind of sniff at and i think we were talking before the show that you know there's a reason why microsoft have acquired activision blizzard king you know king being a really important part of that you know one of the top three percent um so you look at their games and they've been in the top kind of five grossing games for like the past seven years it's insane. It, you know, you look at AAA console gaming and people spending three, four, five hundred million now on big blockbusters. Um, and a mobile gaming studio can spend a hundred grand and return a billion. So as a business, you can't ignore that. You have to look at that and say, actually, our profitability is insane. And it's not just a billion in the first year. It's then a billion and a billion and a billion, you know, with just minor updates and stuff so it's a really interesting I reckon market. like with that in mind and with that market being so enticing from a monetary business standpoint is that going to be like to our detriment as people that like consoles and pcs and vr and all the rest of it are they going to chase it too hard are we going to get less less of the big games yeah i don't th- i don't think so because obviously i've been kind of monitoring this for eight nine ten years if you look at gardenscapes and stuff like that you know they've been going for like seven years now and it's not been at the detriment of you know triple a game and luckily i think i think it's a different it's a different audience but it's an audience of billions and billions of people which is kind of easy to to access now obviously it kind of opens up all the you know apple taking the court and all this kind of epic versus Mm -hmm. apple and all of this nonsense which is going on at the moment and Obviously, the EU have kind of forced Apple's hand a bit. They're allowing third-party stores and payment systems. But if you start looking in the small print and stuff, they're actually taking a higher percentage by yeah. doing it. So I think the EU will have to step back in and go, actually, you've you know, you've said that you're going to adhere, but you're actually you know, loopholing it. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what Microsoft do. Do, you know, do Microsoft try and create a store? Joe, who knows? Will the platform holders allow them to create a store uh, in that they regard? They definitely want to. Yeah, and I certainly don't think they're going to resurrect, you know, 
with Dogecoin anytime soon. That's mm. not to say that they might not resurrect in the future. But um, I think if there's enough, they'll be making enough revenue off King. The problem is is whether they can swallow that kind of thirty percent going to Apple for largely doing nothing other than I say doing nothing, but you know handling global credit card transactions, etc. But they are ultimately you know, yeah. many payment providers do that in the world. Yeah, Microsoft have I think officially said that they intend to put their own store onto to Apple and Google, and they're probably very excited that Epic got the wins that they did in their little court case against Apple to to kind of potentially make it possible. But like you say, Apple are wily old dogs, and they had their EU um, EU wouldn't allow them to to block other stores and to take their thirty percent and all the rest of it. So they instead put in like the worst terms they could possibly think of for anyone that doesn't want to, which is like per install fees, wasn't it, and things like that. that yeah. Basically, I mean, people don't have as much choice as the EU were intending. Um, Dodge, do you ever play small screen games, be it on um, like Steam Deck, uh, ROG Ally, mobile phone, the works? I um, So I had a backbone at first, <laughs> not an actual one, like the handheld device. <laughs> um, I've never had a backbone. But um, yeah, so I got, I got, um, I got one of them. Because of XCloud, yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. And it, it was, it was alright, yeah. But the signal with works always a bit up and down. So, <laughs> excuse me for the cloud stuff. It weren't ideal, but obviously Chris had advised me through Apple Arcade, for example. There was games like Creeks and stuff like that. So fucked, I, I messed about with those. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> played some of those. But now, obviously, I've got Steam Deck. Um, and uh, yeah, I. You know, it's weird. I, I got it, and in your head you go, oh, I, I can use this wherever I go, yeah? But then if you don't connect it to the internet, don't sync your data, right? So then you have to hotspot it. And I think when I'm on a job, like when I'm at work or something like that, and I've got like a break time, yeah, I can jump on. So like games for me, like Brotato, um, Vampire Survivors, these just quick in and out. Well, to be fair, I say quick. Vampire Survivors, you could be doing a run for about half hour or so. But, you know, just those in and out. And then obviously, because I've got the PC at home, I, I don't want to put, even though it says, oh, it's Steam Deck compatible, Death Stranding, or Uncharted 4. And I'm like, I don't want to play this at this resolution. I want to play this at home. It's not what it's for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll just mess about with a sort of, sort of like Pizza Tower. Uh, that's another one that I've done in the Steam Deck that's fucking difficult, difficult uh, to get on with. Um, but, yeah, I do I do mess about with them, and I do I do appreciate Andelts. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, it's a good market. I mean, there's a rumour now that Xbox and, and Sony as well, Sony are going to do an actual handheld. Whether they do or not is another matter. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, they are convenient. I think they should just leave it with the sort of third parties, you know, Steams, the um, uh, Lenovo, Legion, obviously the ROG. Um, just leave it with those. But um, yeah, yeah, that's about that's about the strength of my uh, portable gaming. Let's move on to the big games. I want to know, um, Dodge, favorite genres. What games you like? You love? Do you know what I love? I just love a, like a story game. Nah, do you know what I mean? So I love like you know like Gears of War, even though like 
you know. So not even a good story, just a story. But no, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> even though the story was a bit, but what I'm saying is like an action adventure, you know, like visual stunning, you know, cause the coalition that like, they they make a fucking good game. Let's have it right. Um, mm. Yeah, and then obviously the Sony ones that I've gone through. Last of Us is like. I don't want to be like cliche because you all played it like, you know, 10 years ago or whenever it came out. But obviously, well, I've only just played it and beat it. It's like there. now. it's like right up. You know, just those games, you know, with a good story, good visuals, good gameplay. Um, and like probably third person perspective. Like, but then I, I don't know. I don't suppose it's a bit of a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, what's your favourite? Because then I like, I like Doom. You know what I mean? I like first person. I like Wolfenstein. But I guess if I if I had to pick one, it'd probably be like a third person because like Soul Reaver was always a game that I loved back in the day, and that's sort of like a third person, like match combat game. Um, yeah, so yeah, something like that, I guess. What about you, Chris? Do you want a particular? Oh, sorry. Nah, go on. Are on Tosh, or did you have more? No, no. What about you? Favorite genres? You mentioned Manalos um, and RTSs, but what do you love the most? Yeah, I think RTS is obviously a racing game in a heart. That cannot be doing seven years of Formula One for Sony. Is that obviously working? Is that how you got into development? Was it your your love of racing games that got you started in game dev? Yeah, I mean, like weirdly, to be honest, I I left school and I'd kind of self taught myself, kind of, two D animation and AutoCAD. Um, So, and I was into kind of tech, and I was into you know kind of computer art and i got a job with an interior design company and it was basically converting all the paper plans to computer it was like really kind of unheard of in the business everything was kind of paper and drawing board so i was doing that stuff i remember going to hmv in liverpool and a couple of the guys from sony Signosis were there basically showing off wipeout um the very first wipeout game so obviously I had a game and I got chatting to those guys and this is going right back into kind of early 90s. So these guys were like rock stars and Signosis mm-hmm. were, were really all about the car park full of Ferraris and stuff. You know, everyone was kind of... I'm making... so embarrassed. I've always called them Signosis. Signosis. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I used to call them Signosis as well, but it's... Uh, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so it was kind of... I was in awe of these guys so I, I wrote a letter to them just saying if there's any kind of game tester jobs you know anything come up let me know and I got a letter back and it was like oh thanks for the letter you know unfortunately there isn't anything and I thought it was kind of like the the letdown um and we'll keep you on file and I thought it was just being polite really um and then like eight months later I got a letter out the blue saying we'd like to bring you in for an interview we've got some QA jobs and so on and so forth so I went in and in those days, it was unheard of to like build your own PCs. You know, this is back in the day of like Gateway and Dell, and you know, they were the only ones that you could really get kind of you know decent PCs off in the day. But I was stripping PCs apart. I was putting them together and stuff with with a friend of mine. Um, and then once I started talking about that, they basically ended up hiring me as as like a tech tester. So I was in QA and I was building kind of tech rigs. Um, mm-hmm. and we were doing like Crazy Ivan and Discworld 2 and Destruction Derby on PC going back to all these like really old old games doing um, like conversions Lander and so on and so forth um, 
And then, yeah, I was into racing games. I was into F1 and an internal job. Came off for a game designer on the F1 um, series. Obviously went for the interview and just, I think I just geeked out on Formula One, knowing about it and stuff. And that's how I got the job. And then progressed as a designer, lead designer, so on and so forth, you know, for the next mm. kind of 13 years or so. Um, so, yeah, racing games, still still really interested in them. But I like the more kind of sim level stuff. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I don't mind a Forza and so on and so forth, but kind That's of iRacing, like Project Cars, um, those type of games, um, actually using a steering wheel and, and stuff like that. Um, what's your go-to? But, if you, if okay, you have like, a chance to play a racing game now, what's, what's the top one? I mean, I still play Project Cars, which is obviously an old game, but it's got Alton Park. It's basically got one of my favourite racetracks on, which is kind of like a local racetrack to me. I've done... Um, track days on my bike and stuff there in actual real life so mm-hmm. i used to kind of learn how to drive the course um but so yeah i'll jump in there and just do some time trials and, and things like that myself just to just to keep it on the track um but i think like dodge i think story games so i really like um i really like kind of you know I was on the various beaters of Skull and Bones, which is a bit oh, controversial. Oh, oh, oh. I think people are a bit like, don't know how to take it, but I really enjoyed it. It was kind of like the Sea of Thieves with you know, a bit of more of the handholding and, and, and story element that you need. So at least it kind of like pushed you on rather than just mm. kind of sailing around and stuff. And obviously you, you mentioned pirates and, We've, yeah, we've enjoyed seeing the and you set on fire to the boats and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Daj get back to a burning boat and it's actually you have sabotaged us. But, um, but I think if you drop into kind of Sea of Thieves on your own, it's a bit of a shallow experience or a lost experience. You know, yeah. I think it's quite difficult. So you go sailing and you're trying to do some story missions and the next minute, you know, some boat just you know, takes you out and you're just kind of like, you know, what the, what the hell? Um, so I think Skull and Bones have obviously looked at a lot of this kind of stuff. They've looked at Black Flag and gone, actually, is the an element. So you've got that kind of PvP side of things that you can disable, and then you can just crack on with like the story modes and stuff. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Obviously, Hell Divers too. We were talking about before Inquisitor. Joe yeah. so, looks quite so interesting. Um, so. I think anything really. I am a big RTS fan, or you know, like a world build of like Jurassic World, or you know, any of the kind of like uh, build the fairground or all those type of games. Um, yeah. But like racing, sitting down and having like an epic story-driven game or whatever to lose yourself in um, is always top of the priority. And then you know, I get pulled into a bit of. Um, what you call it, Rocket League with, with you guys. <laughs> yeah, you got to get in on that on the Sundays. We do that most Sundays. Come on, you got to. Um, yeah, let's let's go it. the other way, as this is a nice introductory debut get to know. Get to know you two. Let's do the other end of that one. So, Dodge, any like popular genres or games? So, not like gacha games or casino games or some shit like that, but any popular, well-loved games that you just hate, that you can't stand? Hate's a strong word, I say. It's like oh, um, slightly below uh, apathetic towards. 
I know there are some, like, but my head's gone. You probably know better than I do of probably games that I, I, I dislike. I mean... Uh, JRPGs? I mean, I can't... Yeah, I've never, I've never... Yeah, I've never really done a JRPG to really dislike it. Do you know what I mean? But there's a reason I've not gone near it. I mean, like I say, it's the same again with, like, Final Fantasies. Uh, listen, there's an audience for it, and I know I'm in the, probably in the... Mon- uh, mon- uh, I can't even talk. In a minority <laughs> with it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, they just like they don't appeal to me. You know what I mean? It's not that I dislike them; they're just not pushing any button for me. Like that Death Stranding two trailer that they showed, I, I, I see that, and then was like, I got to play the first game because that trailer, even though it's carnage, it was absolute carnage happening that trailer. I thought I, I need a drop of that. I've seen about. I feel like at this point, I've probably seen enough of Final Fantasy seven Rebirth that I don't even need to play the play the game. You know what I mean? But it's still not making me go, I need to go and buy a PlayStation or I need to buy that game on the PC when it hits. It's just, it's just not clicking with me. But like I say, it's not, it's not a dislike. It's just not something, um, that really like calls to me. And then there's the gaming crypt. A good mate of mine's just put in there Dark Souls. Uh, for the love of me, I will try them games. Um, but I just, I ain't got the graft in me. Like you said, like, <laughs> we have a limited amount of time with a game like Dark Souls. You want to give it a good few hours. Like, I'm getting in from work. I might be able to do a couple of chapters on on uh, Uncharted and go to bed all happy. You know what I mean? I could do two hours in Dark Souls and fucking might not wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't graft like that. But yeah, I don't really, I don't really dislike anything. It's just priorities and I, I don't really... You know, like Final Fantasies, the JRPGs and, and stuff like that. I don't really just go, oh, my God, I've got to play it. You know what I mean? That's me, though. Are you, Chris? Stuff that, like, particular games or genres that everybody likes and you just don't. Similar, I mean, not really into Dark Souls games, even though, like, um, what you call it? Um, I kind of think Death's Door was, like, my... My, my top game um, of the year when it came out. Um, but there was just a different feel to it. Um, JRPGs just can't just can't get on with them at all. Obviously, like Dodge, I understand the audiences there. I haven't got any set of games to anyone wanting to play them. You know, never played, never really been into Final Fantasy. Um, not really a massive like beat-em-up. Fan. You know, played like Street Fighter in the arcades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. Um, going back to like the originals and stuff, but I just, I just can't. I don't know if it's like I can't be asked learning all the combos, you know, and all the kind of fatalities and stuff like that. Or, um, yeah. So there's a, there's a few genres around around that really. Um, most of the other stuff I'll I'll play. You know, like. Old school point and click adventure games are like kind of you know you you kind of story driven adventures you know like what um you know Edith Finch and and stuff like that you know those kind mm-hmm. of epic uh like Gone Homes and stuff which are kind of really narrative based um but yeah it's uh... oh it's all kind of bit funky it's back. Um, there. Yeah, we just froze for a moment, I mean, but it's so... alright. It's good. It's back. Uh, myself, um, I am a massive hater of stealth games and three D platformers. 
Uh, I'm not a hater, but you know, stealth games don't appeal to me because I'm massively brilliant at stealth in real life. I can sneak around anyone whether I mean to or not. I'm silent ninja guy. Um, so it just it just doesn't feel right when a game asks me to do it and they just it feels like playing Frogger with stupid patrol routes and all that bullshit. So not a fan of them. Daz, you're looking fine. What's the problem? Oh, fidgeting. I'm, I'm nervous <laughs> wrecking my house. Just waiting for the daughter to come bowling through and like that. But yeah, no, I'm sweet. Just I'm hot <laughs> one minute, then I'm cold, and then I'm hot again. So I was like, up, you know, don't worry about me. I'm not. I have to worry a little bit. Um, and for 3D platformers and Mario in general, I can't stand Mario as a character. Like he was fine when I was a kid, and that's where I should have stayed. When I was a kid, like up until the turn of the century, fine character. Beyond that, yeah, yeah, not for me. So, yeah, that's me. Um. Speaking of when I was a kid, we had a couple of people on our Discord. I think Patrick in episode 13 both asked to hear about your journeys into gaming. Like, like where did you start as a, as a kid or a young adult or an old adult? Whenever you got into gaming, Chris, what, what were your first ones that really hooked you? I mean, I'm going to show me age here. I, I, you know, I started doing some programming on a BBC Micro, which, you know, that, which, which started getting me into into games and stuff obviously master system um um kind of you know nes and stuff so me luckily you know i've got a brother he's three years older we're both really into kind of games um so obviously once we finished kind of playing football and cricket and running around parks and doing all that kind of stuff we'd, we'd come back we'd play anything you know um, going back to like Mario, the early FIFAs, like the isometric FIFA, um, mm -hmm. even like kickoff and goal and stuff on on PCs and Amiga, um, and then stuff like General Chaos by EA. You know, going back to like some of those mm -hmm. things, um, Shinobi obviously being ported to to kind of consoles and so on and so forth. So right back to to the start of like console game and before that, as I say, like. Amiga and and you know PC that used to love the Amiga, but obviously piracy just absolutely slaughtered that thing. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, which on the flip side allowed us as kids to play pretty much every game out there. But you were, you, know, you were, you were constantly waiting for fast. We weren't criminals because we were kids, so it's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can just go. Well, we didn't know what <laughs> we were kids. We didn't know what was happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, right back to kind of like proper old school gaming um so ridge racing and stuff like that on you know, uh, the original playstation and stuff so we were we were fortunate enough that because because there was two of us for like christmas and stuff we'd kind of like pool what we wanted together and our parents would get us like a console that was was going at the time and some games and stuff so yeah right back to the beginning i always loved kind of gaming does what, what made you fall in love with it? we're going to the proper topics after this but what what got you into it? Got me into it. Yeah. I was like I was like a Sega kid, you know what I mean? So it was like Sonic the Hedgehogs and Golden Axes and Streets of Rage and just those like two D side scrollers, you know, back in the day. It was like seemed to be like the template of a of a game, you know? And uh 
Yeah, it just it just started off there, like you know what I mean. You play those games, and then obviously it, when when the gener like when it went on to the next generation, and you had like the um, Super Nintendo. So I ended up with that. Done a bit of Mario. Uh, it was a Super Mario World, didn't it? The one with Yoshi on that one. Um, mm-hmm. Done some stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think those two D platformers, like like what Chris was saying, you know, you show your age a little bit. But like when we come from where we come from, and then we see what we have today. And then we see some of the mud throwing that gets done at certain games. And it's like, it's still incredible what's happening today. You know, even though the technology is well advanced than that, you know, when you come from. Sorry, they're frozen again. I'm going to say, is it me? Is it, it ain't me, is it? I know. No, it's not just you. You both freeze at the same time, so we'll figure it out. Carry on, though. Sega Master System. Yeah, basically, Sega, just, I would say, just Sega Master System uh, and a lot of those 2D platformers. Oh, my God, I can't talk. Platformers um, got me got me into gaming, and then, obviously, we went into, like, the um, playstations and the xboxes from there on out and everything sort of went more and more 3d so it was an evolution from there on but i would say the 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 sega times were my my times you know i I had um i had an atari st at home that was like in my parents room so i didn't have much access to it but i remember some properly old games it was sonic 2 that got me to properly like fall in love with it and try and get my own stuff though but and then loads of games from there, loads of like pivotal ones along the way. But let's do um, let's do some of the main topics because people are going to want to talk about the things that are going on this week. We're going to start simple though. We're going to start before we get onto the the massive Xbox fallout and all shit that's going on around there. Let's talk about PlayStation's state of play last week because they had a bunch of games. They had they said fifteen plus games, which I didn't actually count, but it's probably fifteen plus the half announcement of whatever Kojima's doing next. At uh, Chris. Did you manage to catch it? What was your highlight? Just pick anything that you want to talk about from State of Play. Uh, Death Stranded 2 for me. I mean, obviously... Straight in with that. Caught, I caught it um, a bit late. I remember saying to Darge, I kind of forgot it was on and stuff. Obviously, life getting in the way of, of <laughs> gaming hobbies. Um, but, yeah, I just... I don't know. I've got quite a bit of time for Kojima because I think he's, you know, although he's like as mad as a box of frogs <laughs> with his uh, ideas and stuff like that, he's obviously got the, he's got the pedigree and he's got the backing and he's got the kind of history to just try stuff himself. I think like his character design is amazing. The kind of, you know, um, just a weird kind of like hand mask, you know, and stuff like that. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, the guy with the guitar and stuff. It's just, it's one of those we were saying before we came on. It's like, I'm really looking forward to playing it, but I'm also really looking forward to watching his, you know, his film. I'd watch kind of any film that he made. Obviously, most of his games are like films with the the amount of cutscenes and stuff. But um, yeah, that was that was something I was really interested in. Obviously, um, you know, Ken Levine's. Um, new Judas, Judas or whatever, but that's obviously multi-platform. And we, but we just got to see more of it. A huge Bioshock fan and stuff, so can't wait to play that on PC probably. Um, but, mm. So those two are the things that stood out for me. Obviously, as I've just oh, you're frozen again. 
Apologies, everyone, for whatever's going on there, but you're back. Carry on. Um, yeah, I was saying they they were the standout for me. Um, not really into kind of the JRPG or the those type of games. Um, but yeah, Judas and Death Stranding too. So did you um you got through the the first Death Stranding? Um, now I'm kind of like halfway through playing on PC. So, I mean, it looks amazing on PC, obviously, my former studio's engine power and that. Um, and, yeah, so it's it's one of those. It's, I mean, to be fair, when it came out, I didn't really give it the time of day, you know, all this kind of walking simulator stuff and so on and so forth. But a bit like Dodge, just, you know, as soon as you start playing it, even the first, like, cutscenes at the beginning, you just kind of gripped, really. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, I'm about halfway through. I need to go back to it. And then I can pick up number two. I was gifted me the game, so I've got no choice. I've got to get through it before the second one comes out. But I've got like a whole year to do it, so I'm going to be all right. Dodge, you just started your Death Stranding, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I said a minute ago, like the trailer for two made me jump on the one. You know, I don't know what's going on. I don't have a clue. But uh, it intrigued me, you know what I mean? So uh, I jumped onto that. But on, on the... Um, <clears throat> On the state of play, um, yeah, obviously Judas, because I'm a big Bioshock fan. So um, seeing anything of that again, apart from the reveal trailer, was good to see. Hell Divers, Hell Divers Two again looks looks fun. Um, do you know what? It was only a week ago, and I put a tweet out about what I saw, and I've already fucking forgot what else was shown there. <laughs> I can't obviously Foam Stars. Ain't the one. Um, but yeah, like, it was a pretty good showcase. Um, I'm trying to remember what was shown there. Hell Divers. Oh, the Silent Hills. Um, mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2. Weren't the best showing. Like, I won't lie to you. Like, you know, it was a bit choppy in that, but it could be an early sort of build of it for the reveal. Um, but that looks good. Um, but yeah, it wasn't bad. gave us an idea of how. The it's remake going. would be wouldn't it? with um, medium. Yeah, yeah. There's also some weird stuff there as well, isn't it? Because didn't they put a tweet out with a notice saying like, "We'll show you stuff when Konami deem it time," or something like that, as if there was some sort. That was of a while ago. Yeah, it looked. Yeah. It sounded a little bit off because people were Catty, like, casting aspersions or having their doubts about it, and Blue were like, "We're not allowed to." To try and put these to one side, we've got to wait for Konami. And Konami obviously took a massive leave from gaming pretty much for, for a long, long time. They're falling out with Kojima and all the rest of it. And now they're kind of trying to re-enter that space and throwing everything at the wall, hoping like anything sticks. Um, and I've not, I've not heard many people positively receive that Silent Hill 2 trailer. And I've not heard good things about the short story thing that they put out. And I've not heard good things about the, um, the little mini-series they put onto Netflix. So it's not looking wonderful for them um but you know maybe we'll be wrong maybe blue will pulls them out recipe. yeah what else was there so how divers t you've already mentioned we'll um we'll get on that hopefully play some carp on it in the near future because that does look like good fun there was um plenty more i've forgotten all of it yeah, Metro VR and rise of the the chat. yeah rise mm -hmm. of the ronin i mean sort of falls into that Dark Souls bracket for me. So it's not like something where I'm like, oh, I've got to go out for my <laughs> console. But uh, Metro VR, we spoke about that the other day, didn't we? Mm. Your, uh, 
a community one, and that looks really good. I'm really disappointed because I wanted another Metro, but I don't want Metro <laughs> VR, you know. But for you, VR lot, um, yeah, it looks good. It does. It's not getting in the way of another Metro though, because it's based on the the book license. So 4A or whatever they're called that normally do the Metro games, they can still do one. They can still have one in the works. So it's not going to hurt you, Dodge. It's just a little bit of VR, a little bit of VR for me. Right. It falls in, yeah, and it falls into the same bracket of PlayStation. I have to actually go out and buy hardware to enjoy that product. I'm not doing that. So yeah. <laughs> I just want an actual game, you know. Uh, a couple of thanks to say for um, it's a painful discourse. If you're still there, I saw you give the membership earlier. It slipped by. Thank you very much for that. Tony has been a member here for seven months. I launched this channel last week on Thursday, but Tony's been a member here for seven months. He's got a fancy gold badge. Um, Awesome guy that's been around with everything that I do for years now. And he wants you to name one thing that's an issue with current game devs. Hmm. Whoever wants to take that one first, is there anything like sticky, anything that you see as a problem with game development at the moment? I mean, for me, I think it's just expense. I think it's, it's really changing the landscape. It's obviously a reason why games have gone up to... You know, seventy dollars, eighty dollars. You know, where they increase. Um, you know, they could be quite expensive back in kind of my day, but I think we're almost getting to kind of like movie levels. You know, on a real AAA quality product. Um, What's the answer? And I think. Oh, it's happened again! It's happened again. Discord is frozen. Kind of... You're back. So, what's what's the answer? So, like, budgets have spiraled out. What's the answer? Should they be continually increasing price? Should they be making smaller games? How does the industry fix um, that problem? I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because obviously, you, your big platform holders will want to make massive AAA games, and I think obviously, um, there's no going around that. But I think, you know, what I used to like about Psygnosis is they used to take risks and and kind of original Sony in the early days. Were, would take risks with games, you know, G Police and so on and so forth. Like really good, really good games, and they'd they jump on them, give them a bit of a bash, and then towards the end of my time at Sony, um, they would literally just like can, you know, you'd you'd have teams mm -hmm. working on concepts and stuff like that, and some of the teams would take risks or try to do some kind of risky stuff, and obviously Sony Japan would just can stuff, um. And you can't do anything about it. So you know, you've 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 lost you've lost money. You then kind of lose teams and stuff. So I'm always a bit a big advocate for kind of indies. I like the fact that you know um, certain studios tends to be a lot on PC. They'll do kind of early access stuff and try and get some revenue in to to kind of fund you know further development, get feedback from the players and things like that. But um, I think you know whenever people try. Whenever kind of first party studios try to do it, it ends up being a bit shambolic on on console. With it, you know, the exception of like grounded and stuff like that, you know, was quite successful. But I don't know what the answer is. I think that I think there's going to be kind of more movie games made. I think there's going to be more TV series games made, and I think they're just going to kind yeah. of chase the you bigger budget risk with big IPs life. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So let's do go back to that PlayStation showcase. So some of the games that we missed there. There's Rise of the Ronin, which you already said, Dodge, you're probably not interested in because you don't like the the Souls. It's very different um, feeling wise. It's very different to a Souls game 
in that it's fast paced and parry. You but you won't sell it to me, Asa. I'm, I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm not a salesman, <laughs> Dar. It's one of the joys of being here is I don't need to sell, sell anything to anyone. So speak your mind. It's all good. Um, but okay, Chris, then March 21st, 22nd, whatever date it is, Rise of the Ronin comes out. Dragon's Dogma 2 comes out. What are you playing? Dragon's Dogma. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2, yeah, for me. Is there anyone in chat that would play Rise of the Ronin over and above or before Dragon's Dogma 2? Because I see right. Ryan there, you got Rise of the Ronin day one for 45 quid, but are you going to play it before Dragon's Dogma 2? Because that game looks freaking phenomenal. It looks like a genuine game of the year contender already early in the year. Like, depends where how it lands, you know what I mean? But I played some of the first one recently on Steam. Obviously, it hasn't aged well, and that's probably why I gave up on it, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's a 360 game, the original one. I think it was like the back end of the 360. Um, but I can see, like, the mechanics of the game, you know, where you have a pawn with you, you know, where you go and in discovering the world, and then, obviously, you've got, like, the way, like you're showing it now, the way the game is it? It's on RE Engine as well, isn't it? The game, mm-hmm. yeah, new version it's of it. on yeah. RE, so it looks, yeah, so it looks really good. Um, it's giving me a taste of what to come if it lands. Um, yeah, it's going to be sick. Yeah, not too upset by the. Well, you're probably going to play on PC, aren't you? So the frame rate thing's not really going to upset you very much, but. I mean, if yeah, I've got it's... frame rate issues on my 4090, I'll be really disappointed. <laughs> it's a heavy-looking game, though. Like, you can understand why it's 30 on console, because uh, yeah. it's got a real heavy play on the way that it uses light and dark and all of the physics and yeah. interactions that are going on. So it's one of those things where like, um, you can take a Final Fantasy 16 and you can do a performance mode, and it might look a little bit shit, but it's going to run, and it's going to be fine. It's going to be smooth, and some people will prefer it. But a game like Dragon's Dogma, like you look at the way that... Um, just that, that ogre smashing through trees and shit. Like, you can't necessarily hit a performance mode on the consoles with that one, even if they want to. We'll see, but I'm not expecting one. Yeah, it looks really good. It's like, yeah, look like really when you good. said, you know, these consoles, um, it does make sense to be 30, a game like that and what it's doing. But Redfall didn't justify it, did it? So it's, it's Catch-22. 60 now. You know? like, this is like, <laughs> it's 60 now, but at launch, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll be playing that on PC just to make sure I don't have to wait for a performance patch. Um, yeah, Baz has just done another a seven-month member milestone thing. So, Baz, thank you again for... Having that membership for seven months longer than the channel's been alive um, with Godbash, that's awesome. Does anyone know what's happened to Dealer? I do not. Chris, you were on um, RDX for a while. Have you spoken to, to Dealer recently? Have anything you can share on that? Or? No, I think, I mean, it's not my place to say. I think he's no. just had a couple of like personal issues and stuff like that. Um, I believe he's all right. Obviously, me and Dodge kind of know him personally. Mm. Um, I think that's probably... The right thing to say yeah. on the matter. Um, have you mm-hmm. got anything to add, Dodge? Or... He's just, uh, yeah, he's just taking a, a break. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, you know, YouTubing is great and stuff, but sometimes uh, you need to have a little break away. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's just having a little break. I'm sure he'll be back. There you go. That's as much as we got for you on that one, which is more than I expected. To be fair, um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully as well. Hopefully as well. Um, yeah, Leah played Final Fantasy 16 on performance and it was all right, wasn't it? It all works, it all functions. I'd probably, 
I haven't played that one yet. I'm waiting on 16 for the um, for the PC version just so I can have all of my cake and eat it at once. But um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I'm not going to be able to wait. That one's a, a console game for me. So I don't actually know where I'll land on the performance question until I see it firsthand. Let's do Stellar Blade. That's the other one that um, drew some attention at the PlayStation Showcase. What do you reckon? What do you think of that one? Dodge is not a Souls game. That's an action game. It's a third-person no, over-the-shoulder no, no, no. cinematic jiggle game. What you got? Yeah, it, it's just not for me. In fact, I'll be brutally honest. Yeah, when that was being shown, it was probably the only time in the state of play that I switched off because I just knew it weren't it weren't going to be for me at all. Does it fall into that like near uh, automata sort of bracket? Is it in that sort of like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I wouldn't say I it's going to be those games. abstract and weirdness no, no, no. but yeah. No, but if, the gameplay-wise and stuff like that, like I say, it's just something that don't like call out to me where I'm like hanging off the edge of my seat, like going, oh, what's this? You know what I mean? So I see what they showed. Didn't really pay much attention. I'm not really going to be much of a help here. But um, yeah, if you like the look of it. Great. I don't even know what the, I think you said there was some mixed emotions on it. I don't even know what they were because I haven't paid attention. So you can enlighten me. I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. So I can't enlighten you on oh. that. Um, just that it was something that drew attention. There's obviously going to be people no, having different responses to the way the character is presented. Right? It is a weird, a weird jiggle game from a bygone era. Um, and it does a lot that looks like it's from a bygone era. Chris, it looks shit to you. That's Old words. There you go. Now you've got your mixed response, Dodge. <laughs> go on, Chris. It's like I'll be quoted. No, it just looked. Yeah, it's not not for me. And it, that was that was the part where I kind of because I come into it late, I just skipped skipped over. That what is it though? What what makes it off putting to you? Is the character, the combat. Yeah, just yeah, that type of. It's just that type of game. Wasn't really into the automata. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was all about the arse, wasn't it, or whatever. Um, <laughs> just seems like a dev's fantasy. <laughs> so, you know, but, yeah, it's just not for me. I'm sure loads of people will, will enjoy it, no doubt. But, yeah, Is it an exclusive? It. Is it an exclusive PlayStation? It is an exclusive one, yeah. What, yeah. When it was first announced, it was um, announced for everything, like Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and then it's a money-hatted exclusive. So. Oh. Yay. Taking yeah, things away and... from people again, are they? <laughs> to oh. be fair, this is a studio that doesn't know what they're doing in terms of game development. I think it's their first game. So to have a publisher come in and, and like help them actually bring it to market is not necessarily yeah. a mark of evil. But yeah, oh. nobody really likes the, the money hat in general. Um, all right, let's move on to the big one that's got everyone barking at the moment over on, over on Twitter um, and other places that are less balmy i don't know twitter has a, a habit of floating the worst of shites to the top so if you've been following this on twitter you will have just been absorbing the worst of shite please understand there are reasonable people as well in the world twitter just doesn't care to show you those um i am of course talking about the xbox discourse so a couple of rumors broke i think two or three independent rumors broke over the weekend of various xbox games heading to playstation and we'd already been hearing rumors for a while about sea of thieves and hi-fi rush um I think Xbox Hero broke one about Starfield going to PlayStation 5. Uh, might be VGC or I might be completely misquoting, but um, somebody said that 
Indiana Jones is rumoured and Gears of War is another one that was rumoured. So there's been a few rumours all suddenly hit all at once from, from different corners of, of the internet. And it all followed a, a narrative or built a narrative that Xbox are going full third party and ending the console wars and destroying people's hopes and dreams and all the rest of it. Chris, you've been following this. I know you have. I know you've been winding a few people up onto it. So what's your take on the whole situation? You know what? I just think a rumor is a rumor. I think there's a lot of, and this, you know, this is no slight at kind of any of the publications or podcasts or whatever. I think there's a lot of cloud chasing, and there has been for years and years and years. So people, I think there's there's a lot of kind of shotguns being fired, and it's kind of actually if we make up enough rumors, when one of them kind of hits, we can go, oh, see, we told you, and. We're influencers and so on and so forth. Um, I think whether you like it or not, I think Microsoft and Xbox are already a multi-platform publisher. So um, they've obviously just acquired Activision Blizzard King. So they're now in the mobile space across Android and iOS. They're obviously putting stuff on PC. They've already been putting stuff on PlayStation in terms of Minecraft and various other things from the past. Um, and I think it probably makes sense that some of the Activision stuff is going to continue to be multi-platform. I think people have just kind of, you know, fired shots and suddenly gone, well, Gears will be and Indiana Jones will be and, and so on and so forth. And until Joe Phil comes out next week and tells us exactly what the the score is, but I think half of it will be actually... The narrative's not changed and stuff will be on a case-by-case basis. I think there'll be some stuff which is already planned. I think Hi-Fi Rush, um, there's probably already a PS5 version. So it makes sense to not just crunch it up and chuck it in the bin, but you know, release it on console. I think me and Darj were talking earlier. Obviously, I don't want to take Darj's quote or whatever, but he's right. You know, you... If you're not interested you in the Hi-Fi Rush now... Well, I'll do it in his accent. Come on now, it's only fair. <laughs> no, oh, have you not interested? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sound like a pirate. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, you, uh, if you've if you got no interest in playing Hi-Fi Rush, then it's not for you. So why kind of try and keep it away from people who may want to play it? And especially if it's, um, if it's all, if there's a version already out there. I think it's slightly different if, obviously, Xbox and Microsoft turn around and actively build a team to then do a PlayStation version. I think that's a a very particular decision for whatever reason. But I think there's a whole host of catalogue of Activision games, Joe Bethesda games and so on and so forth, which are probably I've got PS5 versions because ultimately they were going to release stuff on multi consoles before Microsoft acquired them. Internally, you know, would you throw away that revenue when you've got a big PlayStation fan base who would play some of these games. I don't agree with dropping a Halo on there or dropping you know, some of your kind of big IP because you need exclusives to sell consoles. But the flip-flopping is just mental on social media because it's kind of like they're becoming a third party. They're going to be like Sega. They're going to move out to the hardware uh, market. This is all yesterday. And today, mm-hmm. you've got people coming out going, oh, I've been told that there's going to be a new Xbox in 2026, and it's going to, there's going to be a handheld, and there's going to be you know, a home console, and there's going to be this, this skew and that skew. And it's like, well, where, 
Yeah, where are these kind of rumors coming from? Um, so it's just, it's a bit farcical how people kind of lose their minds. I mean, as we've said, ultimately, I play most stuff on PC now. So the kind of effect of this on me um, is kind of limited. But I get people enjoy their box of choice and want to kind of, you know, for some reason, kind of gatekeep a product from someone else. And obviously, don't get me wrong, you know, Sony have been masters of exclusives and things like that, but it, it's the reason why they're kind of the leader in the console market, because they've made games that people want to buy the hardware for. So we're going we're gonna to touch that in a minute, because that, that's an interesting play on the hypotheticals that are coming. But, but Dodge, what's your take on the whole thing broadly? Like, is there any meat to it? Is it happening? Is Phil going to announce it all next week? This, this is it. We don't know, do we? So, like, at the end of the day, like, my the last 24 hours or 48, whatever they've shown me is <clears throat> a lot of influencers, if you will. They love having their egos marinated, you know, when they, oh, I'm, oh we're hearing on the inside positives. Everyone's all over them. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And even room and negative coming. You're getting spaces created where they're all arguing like children over it. And I'm going to leave the platform. If this happens, I'm going to leave the platform. Now, bear in mind, the games that were rumoured were Hi-Fi Rush yeah, and Sea of Thieves. Hi-Fi Rush is a year old, like Chris said. I said to Chris, if you would have played that by now, you would have played it and beat it. If you wanted to play it, it would have been done. Yeah, And if you haven't touched it yet after a year, it means you don't want to play it. Yeah, So if that's going, it took, let's just say... They acquired Bethesda, yeah. Redfall was a fucking dog shit, like turd anyway, yeah. Let's have it right. Starfield was the first launch game. Like I said to Chris, they're looking over Bethesda and Zenimax financials, yeah, for previous release games on multi-platform. They're leaving a lot of money on the table. Now, I know Xbox fans ain't going to want to hear this, and this is Xbox's biggest problem and always has been. Their messaging and their marketing is fucking carnage. Like, they just... They don't get it right, yeah? If Starfield, for example, stays exclusive for a year and then goes over and then they have to... Say like a Final Fantasy of sorts, yeah? So it's on Xbox for a year, yeah? Then the DLC comes, but the Sony, PlayStation, or wherever else they stick it, they only get the base game and they still have to wait, yeah? They'll be drawing more money in. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Yeah, but I'm saying at the end of the day, when you're spending, actually you're spending 80 billion, yeah, they've got, that's someone, they've got to make that money work, yeah. If it ain't working, at the end of the day, putting these games into Game Pass, they must have had expectations and targets, because we're not talking about some fucking Kickstarter campaign company. This is Microsoft. They know what they're doing. They would have said, okay, we anticipate Starfield will give us an extra 20 million game pass users for example yeah if it's falling short of that right okay that's not happening but where are we getting this money from and then they're gonna have to do what they're gonna have to do and besides the point of that anyway this is all speculation yeah hi-fi rush sea of thieves that's all we heard and then we heard an xbox era post on saturday i want to say yeah it's Saturday, yeah? Oh, there's rumours. And if you read that article, it's a fucking trust me, bro. I'm hearing from my guy, who knows. You might as well take that with a pinch of salt. As quick as that article hit, VGC, Indiana Jones. 
Then there was another one the other day, Senua Saga. Could be going, it's easy. Look at who you're trusting. Yeah, look at who you're trusting. You're trusting the media, who you allege have got a bias against you anyway, who are now all running hit pieces, because this is the topic. This is the topic for the next week until Phil comes out. Xbox are doomed. Xbox are leaving. Like I say, people will jump to conclusions because they might be putting games over onto PlayStation, for example. They're getting out of the industry. Why the fuck have they spent 80 billion to get out of the industry? And again, Asa, it's Microsoft. If if they've got 45, 50 million consoles, an install base with that many console users, why would they go and I fuck them? Like they'll work it out. We won't bother building a box for them. Like they've got the money. They'll they'll keep producing hardware if people want their hardware. It's as simple as that. The only thing is, it might be that they start putting select games over on other consoles, and you know the uh, the needy uh, fanboy who doesn't like sharing his things might have to just eat a bit of humble pie. That's it. Like, but. I ain't really going to say too much about it. It's been a fucking embarrassment the last 24, 48 hours of this thriving, great Xbox community who got Xbox to change the Xbox Live gold price hike. Yeah, if you're so great, yeah, go and get them to stop putting their games on other consoles because you ain't going to do it. And that's why you're sulking. So it is what it is at the end of the day. They're my two. And, and I am, like, before anyone, if they don't know me, I used to be big time frontline Xbox. And, uh, this is just how it is. You know what I mean? Business is business. So we'll see what happens when Phil speaks. I haven't really got much else to say on it, whether it's going to happen That's, or not. I'm not like a rumours and speculation kind of person, and I don't massively care for leaks and things like that. This has just been like so much conversation around it that it's hard to ignore. So I absolutely agree with you both that waiting for like the official line on it is going to... The conversation is not that interesting until that happens, all right? I do think there's a fair chance that it does happen. I do think... Um, I do think some of the pain that people are anticipating is coming their way. It shouldn't be painful, but for some people, it seems that it is. Um, Hey, so let me, sorry, really sorry, just want to cut you in, yeah, but the pain, the pain that's coming, the pain, yeah? The articles that we've seen since the rumoured Hi-Fi Rush and CFEs, who let's have it bank the rights. No one's really going to care about those games, apart from the real deep-rooted hardcore fucking how dare you, yeah? The only people who are going to get the pain is if the other games in the articles go. The sea of, uh, the Senua, the Senua Saga, Starfield, this, this, this. These are rumours, yeah? So, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I personally think, going forward, they might have things exclusive to the Xbox and Game Pass ecosystem for like 12 to 18 months. Like what PlayStation are doing with their games to PC. They, they want to draw that money in. They've outlaid $80 billion and they're going to be ruthless getting it back, you know? It's gonna See, be a thoughts, it's gonna bro. be a blend. Sorry, Asa. I was huh. just I was just gonna add to that. It's gonna be a blend, isn't it? Because Phil's gonna come out and go, You looked at the court case, you looked at everything we promised. Activision games are gonna be multi platform. So he could come out and go, oh, Activision games, we've got Activision catalogue, that's gonna be multi platform. We haven't lied there. I think they're gonna turn around and go, We're still gonna have Great exclusive games on Xbox, whether you know, whether they are great or you know, but they're going to have exclusive games on Xbox because they're going to um, they're going to want to sell hardware, and I, I still think they'll make new hardware or certainly the next generation at least. Um, and they're going to kind of try and recoup some of that money. Do you know, you look at 
So we're talking about mobile before, you look at King, just for example. So they did $1.4 billion in um, 2023, uh, 2022. In the two quarters of 23, they'd already done $1.4 billion. And it's so it's as Dara said, Microsoft are whether you like them or not, they're a, a clever organization. There's a real there's a reason why they're bouncing between them and Apple at the moment to be uh, you know, being the richest company in the world. Um, and there's a lot more clever individuals within that organization going, This acquisition is going to bring X. Do we do we try to invent a mobile publisher? Which is then as big as King, or do we just acquire King and we grab the users there and we see this trajectory of 1.4 billion for the whole year, 1.4 billion for the first you know, two quarters in 23, and it's continued to rise. And then they look at Activision in terms of Call of Duty and so on and so forth. Well, actually, we're never going to make a Call of Duty. The studio is talented that obviously make those games. There's a there's a brand there, so on and so forth. Um, and unfortunately, in the world of business, some organizations will acquire to win because they can acquire to win. So I I agree with you, Asa. I think there's going to be some bits that people are not going to like, but I think it's going to be a blend. I think Microsoft are going to go, actually, this is what we're going to do. We've got a portfolio here, which has already got versions ready to go to PlayStation and that market. We're not quite performing how we want to. And we've got a whole host of mobile um, products that we're going to launch. Um, but I think they'll still retain some exclusives. So who knows? People Same. are clutching at straws when they say Indiana Jones and so on and so forth because they've gone, oh, it's Lucasfilm and it's this and it's that. Um, if Indie goes, it goes. You know, more people get to play it. Yeah, so the way that I see it, um, I don't think... I will just reiterate as well. It's not a console or platform. Please don't get into the nonsense in the chat because it will just get removed and we'll move on without it. Um, the way that I have always, like since the Bethesda acquisition, it's been fairly clear and Microsoft has said fairly clearly and fairly loudly that, that their PlayStation isn't really their competition. Like they are competition in the console space, but the console space is not their ambition. Um, but they do have ambition. They have massive ambition and all of these people that are worried like these games might go to playstation some of them might go to playstation but i tell you absolutely and for like pretty damn certain as certain as you can be when you're talking rumors and speculation microsoft are not going to surrender being a platform holder whether that platform is is console hardware or game pass as a service or a massive ecosystem they are not about to walk away from it and stop being a platform holder because the games that they make everybody knows that making these big games is a, is a high risk endeavor and it is not what they're getting into it for to be a singular game publisher they're going to be a platform holder and they're going to reap money from anywhere and everywhere as much as they can so if you are looking at this and you're scared that you're not going to get another xbox console or that they're not going to be competitive with playstation and the industry is going to go down the toilet like it's, it's not how it's going to pan out it's, i don't believe that at all um whatever they do and it will hurt some people some games are very likely to go across but um they're gonna fight and claw and get control of as much money as they can which is wonderful we love it when corporations get control of our money right so cheer that Ace, on. um asa <laughs> just quickly i want to address something in the chat um jizzle loop uh has put uh we're okay for xbox games on playstation 
You might be, but Sony will be okay with Bethesda games going over there because they're going to get, like, what, 30% revenue from the sales? Mm-hmm. Is that about right? So Probably. why would they not? If they, go, if they go over, just say Starfield goes over, for argument's sake, makes another 10 million sales on PlayStation, well, Sony don't need that money. Of course Sony want it over there, you know? You've got to broaden your mind a little bit. Anyway, sorry about that. That's all right. Um, so this is likely to come up. Phil Spencer said that he's going to be addressing this and talking about Xbox's business strategy going forward. So it's likely to come up again. Uh, we're not going to harp on it week on week on week because I do get bored of the same things coming up week on week on week. We'll talk about yeah. games more so than business directions and all the rest of it. But it will come up. We'll see where the cards fall and we'll talk about it next week. But today, we have this Arcadia community going on. We've got questions in various places. So Isla, if you're there at the moment, I think we're going to start taking some of those questions. It's not too late to add them. If you're around at the moment, you've got the Q&A box on YouTube. You can stick things in there. We've also got a Discord server where we can collect and filter some things from. Um, if you have been gifted one of those memberships, I saw Gamsley did five there. So thank you for that, Gamsley. Um, if you've got that, get onto the Discord. There's a link in the video description. Tie your YouTube account to it and you'll see all kinds of wonderful things that we've got going on there. And you can decide for yourself if you want to stay or not. But do it. We've got our first question up. All right. This is from the, the YouTube thing, I think. It is Shan... I see... At first I was reading this as Champagne, but it's an N there. So it's going to be Champagne, I'm afraid. Champagne Supernova has asked, do you think that Xbox fans have a right to respectfully voice their concerns and to be unsettled with the swirl right now? Or should they stand down and wait, as Uncle Phil suggested? So, respectful is an interesting word in that one. What do you two reckon, like, should... Uh, Obviously, not uh, all of it uh, is respectful at the moment, but should they be voicing their concerns and reaching out? I, I said the other day, yeah, the, the hardcore Xbox guys, you know, um, absolutely. You know, they can ask the questions. You, you, you know, ask the questions by all means. What they can't do is demand which course of action the corporation takes because Microsoft, like Chris said, they compete with Apple at the top two businesses, you know. They know to a degree kind of what they're doing more so than Joe Blogs, yeah? So, you know, if you're you're that invested in it, you know, and it's it's a big important thing to you, by all means, ask questions. You know, creating spaces and fear-mongering and stuff like that. A little bit of a stretch for me, right? You know, maybe uh, do something a little bit more constructive with your time. But uh, asking questions is fine, you know? But there hasn't been a lot of question asking. Let's have it right. You know what I mean? It's been a little bit a little bit wild, isn't it? But like I said, you know, like I said to... Um, I said it to someone earlier. It might even have been that guy. I can't remember. But um, just wait. Just wait for Phil. There's nothing we can do. Oh, I say we, but there's nothing they can do. Like, I know they think that they changed the, the price icon gold. Take that same energy back to Phil then and stop what's about to happen. Uh, yeah, asking questions See, is fine. For me, there's there's always this like expression that you can vote with your wallet and it's the only way you're going to change these corporations' directions and all the rest of that. And I always, it's true that ultimately you've got a lot of power in terms of how you spend your money, but it, there's no nuance in that. You can't articulate what you're thinking and what your reasoning is just by voting with your wallet. So I'm actually, um, I think if you've got an, an avenue, if you've got a place to, to provide feedback to these corporations, by all means, do it. There is no point in like the emotional response and shouting at each other 
um, in the way that people have been doing because that's not providing any kind of useful feedback. That's just loud noises. What about you, Chris? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a lot of people have just exposed. I think, you know, I think all corporations, you know, you should ask questions of them. I think, um, you know, without getting too deep, I think, you know, if it's things around, you know, kind of aiding the planet, the environment, you know, kind of going carbon neutral and stuff like that, which actually is a, you know, is a meaningful uh, outcome. Um, then I think it's good to ask these questions. I think social media is ultimately, you know, the bane and the cause of this. I mean, the console, the console community just seems more like the kind of sport. And we talked about football earlier. It's more the kind of, oh, you know, are we signing Mbappe? Are we signing this player? Are we signing that player? And it was kind of rumours and stuff have been rife in football for years and years and years where people, oh, look at his planes flying over to London, so we must be going to this club and so on and so forth. Um, I think like you and Darge were saying, if you've got, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have a direct kind of um, dialogue with some of these individuals, and I'm not sure the majority of influencers do, I think they like to make out that they've got direct dialogue, but I think a lot of them can't just pick up the phone to fill and go, uh, what are you planning? Mm. And there's also, you know, there's also kind of corporate secrets and NDAs and all of these things that none of them are going to break to you know, when they were talking about kind of acquiring an Activision and so on and so forth. So I think like you, you know, vote if you... If you dislike an organization and stuff, then stop buying the products, you know, start to ask kind of constructive questions. But there's been a lot of flag burning and stuff like that on Twitter, which is just mental. And then, you know, 12 hours later, oh, it's all going to be fine next week. And it's going to be, we even some of the people who were starting these rumors or like flaming, fanning the flames, have come out now and gone, oh, we reacted a bit too soon and we've jumped too soon. It's like, why are they? Now trying to catch if like Phil goes, actually, we're not going to go exclusive. And they can go, oh, actually, see, we are connected to Xbox and they told us. And it, it, it's almost this... like they're trying to kind of hedge the bets. They've got this awkward situation um, where like they talk as representatives of the Xbox community. And in some ways they are people that, that see themselves as influencers or influencers, as I would typically say. But their take on it is very much, um, very much swayed by the fact that they are a content creator and they've based years of like building content and chasing clout on this particular brand and on these decisions. So it actually does impact them in a different way to how it impacts like the people that they're supposedly speaking for. So there's a slight awkwardness in that. A lot of the people that are most vocally upset by this aren't just looking at the future of the console; they're looking at the future of like their their Twitter account, their brand, and their YouTube channel as well. Um, and that's distorting a lot of things in a weird way, I think. On the other side of it, do you think um, do you think Microsoft are right to like just say shut up, guys? We'll talk to you next week, like as they've done. We, we don't need to respond to you. Or do you think they should be trying to get ahead of it now that it's getting noisy? I think the issue is so if. Uh, so say there's a modicum of truth in some of these like rumors and someone has kind of because I've I've read all kinds, I've read like the disgruntles that Xbox employees have like leaked the rumors, you know, to to get kind of management to answer to things. Um so say there's like a modicum of truth in the in the rumors or whatever. 
Xbox as an organization or Microsoft as an organization may have had a plan. And the plan might have been, you know, Sony get the January state of play out, then they'll get the kind of, you know, Feb 6 one out. And then we're going to kind of answer to that, you know, we've got an event. I don't think Phil has just suddenly turned around and gone, you know what, we'll stick an event on next week. I think there was something planned because mm-hmm. they need to discuss some of the brands. They need to discuss what it means for Activision and, and Joe Blizzard and so on and so forth. Now the acquisition's through, now Bobby's gone. Now, obviously, um, roles have changed. You know, obviously, Mike's left again and Joe, someone else has taken over and so on and so forth. So they need to kind of address that. And I think social media in a way kind of forces everything to happen sooner people want it sooner and so on and so forth yet we consume information hour by hour minute by minute but microsoft may have had a plan of action to actually have an event and talk about what the future is and so on and so forth um and all of this has kind of forced phil to go look we've got an event next week you know like kind of chill until we can get it kind of planned and delivered properly I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, if I was like Herman or Jim or whatever, I'd just be laughing my tits off because Sony's (laughs) getting so much coverage. They're not doing anything. And it's just like, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. Um, So I'd just be sat there going, (laughs) crack on, guys, because we're getting all this coverage, all of these games are coming to us. And they're probably sat there going, you know, We've got no idea whether some of this stuff's coming to us or not. There might be some stuff because it's gone into QA or the SKUs or whatever. It's gone into kind of Sony's, um, you know, yeah, it's gone into Sony's like QA system. Um, but these places are NDA'd up, you know, ever since GTA was leaked by Sony QA, it's like Fort Knox, that place now, in terms of like, what version of a game goes out to, who it goes to. They've got individual kind of serial numbers and stuff like that. So if you leak something, it's on you and your job's gone. Um, Uh So I just find it really, uh, you know, I'm not naive to think that people don't talk, but I just find it really kind of odd that someone high up at Xbox is going to call one of these like YouTubers and go, do you know what? You haven't heard it from me, but just so you know, um, I think there's people who have developers and stuff. You know, I still know developers and, and we talk about things. Um, I think that happens. Some people kind of, you know, tactically let slip a couple of things and so on and so forth. But do you really think Phil's going to go, oh, I'm having this really important, like, discussion with Satyan and, and, and the management team. I know I'll just give someone a bell on YouTube just to let them you know, know what's going on and stuff like that. I think it just doesn't happen. Yeah, at the same time, though, you have got like, um, like within PlayStation, who are very tight lipped, you've got Tom Henderson, who is really accurate with what he leaks on the hardware side. So there are obviously some, some leaks around somewhere within these corporations or within the supply chain or wherever else it may be. Um, but yeah, like this stuff is taken very seriously. And um, Dodge, there's been, I've seen quite a few takes from people saying that Microsoft's main problem is like messaging and they're being reactive and they're on the back foot when they should be proactive. And I'm looking at it. Going, well, that's not really true, is it? Because Microsoft haven't reacted to any of this, apart from to say we're, we're still doing what we were planning to do. We've got our comms lined up. We've got this thing that we're announcing next week, which is the opposite of reactive. They're only on the back foot because stuff supposedly leaked, whether it's like true or otherwise. 
Um, do you think that Microsoft should be doing more to, to cut this off and respond? Do you think it's actually actively damaging in any way to let this conversation carry on or what should they be doing? I don't hear you. Chris, can you talk? I can't hear Dodge. I, can, I can't hear him either. <laughs> okay. Same as Microsoft. So Dodge has done a wonderful impression for us all. He said, "This is like if I were Microsoft, yeah, I'd move my lips great. a little bit." Yeah. Oh, there we go. Great. Great. I don't know what happened. My, my mic, my other mic's playing up, so that sounds a bit shitter now. But um, yeah. uh, well, the thing is, like obviously, when I was making videos, when they was acquiring Zenimaxes and all this, we're all fucking, you know, we're all excited. You know, oh, you're getting Starfield and, and this, that, and the other. Um, and then they went and got Call of Duty, well, Activision, Blizzard King. And they said, like, we have, they haven't announced anything around that stuff yet. And uh, I don't know, man. Like, like, the more I'm thinking about it more and more is, obviously, they would expect, like what I said earlier, they would expect a level of uptake just through these acquisitions alone, they would have expected more and more people to come to the platform, um, which clearly probably hasn't happened for them. And like you say, this thing may have already been spoken of a couple of months ago and slowly has worked its way to the point where it is now. This this thing in a week's time may be planned. It may be an emergency thing, a last-minute thing. But at the end of the day, they're a bit like Phil said it in his tweet you know, our business strategy or something like that, the way that he worded it. Yeah. This is not a fucking kumbaya, let's all hold hands and talk about the year ahead that we've got. This is a business strategy. So as long as I can remember, I don't ever remember anyone from Xbox going, oh, we're going to have an event talking about our business strategy. So th this is going to be something. This is going to be something different. Well, the, you know what I mean? Is it not... Sorry, I was going to say, is it not because... I mean... It's an unprecedented acquisition. Do you know what I mean? Eighty billion for an organisation, and obviously we're still only a certain amount of time through the completion. So we know the EU are going to be looking. We know there's still a court case in the US, which is still yet to kind of pan out and stuff like that. So I don't think Microsoft or Xbox were ever going to go right. That's it. The the date passed, we've signed the paper, Call of Duty is exclusive, all of these are exclusive, we're going to go back on all of this kind of stuff under oath and we've legally adhered to. So I think the acquisition, like Phil said at the time, it's, yeah, it's, you know, there's going to be a case-by-case -case basis, they're going to kind of, they're going to keep some things exclusive. I agree with what people are saying in the chat. Like, there's no way Call of Duty is going to go to Game Pass. Now, a... No a spin-off or a different product by the same development team might go exclusive and might go you know, to Game Pass or whatever at X number of years in the future if they want to go that route. But COD's not going to go to Game Pass. Um, that in itself, it's, though, are, like a lot of Xbox fans, yeah. if Call of Duty launches next year and doesn't go into Game Pass, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people because that's one of the major reasons that they were cheering yeah, on that acquisition was they wanted to see Activision Blizzard King's game in game pass and the and this is this is the more like reasonable logical folks that were watching this acquisition through because i didn't particularly care about any detail of it i don't care who owns activision blizzard king apart from the fact that actually getting those games in game pass would materially benefit me so if they now come out and say after all of these two years 
those ones aren't going we've changed that strategy that promise that doesn't apply to these games it applies to, to forza and halo but actually all of these new stuff that that you've been watching us acquire for the last two years that's not going into game pass that will have some fallout like reasonable fallout because that is yeah, not the expectation yeah, but, the thing, but, but the thing is is i don't like zenimax and abk these are not just no offense insomniac you know, these are not just individual studios. These are huge publishing arms that are worth fucking ridiculous amounts of money on their own. Like, what, what did they pay for Insomnia? Was it 100 million or something? 232 million, something like that. 232, yeah. And then you've got 70-odd billion in ABK. Yeah, these things operate differently. The outlay is substantially different. And I know we all ran off with the idea. I mean, I... We all ran off with the idea that all this gear was going in Game Pass, and it has on the on the on the Zenimax side of things. But what I'm saying is, making their software exclusive just to one platform when their books show that there's a lot more money out there. There is a player base. It could have Elder Scrolls could have had a bigger install base on PlayStation, and they could be looking at that and going, "Fucking hell! If we put that over there, we can get this much back." So case by case, state like basis. You know, I remember all that Pete Hines business as well. Like, he kicked off because he didn't want the exclusivity to the console and he ended up going. And you don't know, this might be a Bethesda decision. You know what I mean? This might be an ABK. You, you just don't know. We'd not really heard anything. All we heard was, oh, we're welcoming them to the family. And everyone was like, yes, we got it. We, we made it. We lit. But, there's, you know. There's two different things there and two different mindsets on it. Because one of them is whether it does or doesn't go into Game Pass. And one of them is whether it is or isn't exclusive. And there are, I, like, I have my own perspective where it's, I, I don't care if it's exclusive. I don't care. It's good for me if more people get to play things, especially if they like actually support cross-platform play, like the multiplayer offerings in particular. But there's no downside to me if their single-player games stay multi-platform. But the Game Pass thing, that's a different, like that is a tangible benefit to like. Yeah. People that aren't just in it to console war as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think some stuff will go in. And I think so you may see kind of historic Call of Duties and stuff like that go into Game Pass a bit like EA did with Medal of Honors and so on and so forth. Um mm-hmm. but I think you know they've turned around and had to alleviate the kind of you know, day and day Call of Duty. The one thing that will happen is PlayStation won't have the marketing rights. So it was the last mm-hmm. year. Um, so it won't be those people who, although you know, those individuals who belong to families who are not really game savvy and so on and so forth, who see you know, Call of Duty play on PlayStation and walk into Smith's or a shop or whatever and go, can I have Call of Duty on PlayStation 5, please? Because they just think it's on PlayStation 5. Mm. Um, that's going to go. So I think all the marketing will be around Xbox and so on and so forth. I think some Activision games and, and so on and so forth are going to Game Pass, but I think this kind of, you just cannot stand up in court and go, we're not going to do this and then go back on it because it's, you know, all the kind of mm-hmm. evidential frozen again. Alright, we had another Discord freeze. What I'm going to do, they'll suddenly start talking again in a second. This is not I, the I first time that... this has happened today. Sorry, Chris, oh, sorry. froze up again. What yeah. we're going to do, um, because we're obviously going to hear more about this next week. So we're going to put the um, the ABK, Xbox, third party, whole discussions aside for a second and do the next very important question. Uh, Dodge, during the week, you recommended a particular drink from Starbucks. What was it? 
That is a gift from the gods. I don't know if I should say that out on air. It's a white. Am I going to get pulled on the way I say it? Is that why you no, keep no, right? No, so it's a white mocha. <laughs> Thank you. A mocha. A white mocha with oat milk. And it is the gift from the gods. I recommend you all try it. So oh, shit. <laughs> Your microphone's bad now, by the way, Dodge, but we'll, we'll put up with it for the oh, rest of it. And lot, this is Gamsley. He totally fucked me over, I'll be honest, because we were I was doing a stream, drinking a coffee, and he came on. I can't even remember how Mocha came up in the conversation, but he laughed at my pronunciation, and several people joined him and laughed that I was saying Mocha, and they, were, they convinced me that it's Mocha, and I should be saying Mocha. I went to the services, I went to a Starbucks, and I asked for the drink that you recommended, your white chocolate Mocha with the oat milk. And they just laughed at me, like, what the fuck are you doing, Mocha? Thanks for that, Gamsley. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah, Mocha. Uh, you, took, you took English... You took English advice from a Canadian on that. No, I ignored Gamsley. The other, there was English people in the group that supported his ridiculous take just to set me up. Freaking outrageous uh, it was. So we had a bit of a falling out over in Game in Arcadia. Stick with me. Look, I'll talk the King's English, so stick with me. I'm going to I'm gonna go back to the stream and find out exactly who it was that supported him, but some people definitely did. There you go, Gamsey. That's all you're getting out of that one. Um, next question is from Slip Space Games. Uh, me, if I were head of public relations at Xbox and Xbox hardware... Um, oh, if I were head of Xbox relations and Xbox hardware were to be discontinued, how would I manage public perception concerning a crude digital library through the Xbox storefront? So this is a concern that lots of people are raising... Um, that should Xbox pull out of the hardware space, all of their digital libraries that they've invested in are going to go away. And this is actually, um, it is quite an interesting conversation. I say outright, that's not happening like, anytime soon. Xbox aren't pulling out of, of hardware. Even if they were to put all of their games third party, they're not, like, they are going to remain a platform and they are not going to throw away all the licenses that you've got. But every time that any of us have bought a game digitally or supported a subscription service, we have agreed to that risk, right? It's, it's not the time to, the time we're then taking it away is too late. You've got no pushback. Um, I'm a digital supporter myself. I don't buy physical games. I fully acknowledge that any of these platforms can go away at any point in time and take away all of my games and licenses. If that is a massive concern, and it, it should be, and a lot of people have been telling us that it is for a long time. If that is a massive concern, then yeah, push back on it before it does actually happen. Like, if that worries you, because five, ten years down the time, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, any of them could go away. If you think that losing your licenses is a travesty, push for better ownership now before it's too late, um, which doesn't answer your question of how I would handle it if I was the head of Xbox. I think if you're head of Xbox and you're doing that, then you're doing it and you just rip the Band-Aid off and do it. But, you know. I think we're in, um, we're in an era, aren't we, of like digital consumption. So even if you ignore gaming and look at your kind of Netflixes and your Disney's and so on and so forth, um, you know, streaming services, even Sky TV in the UK and so on, uh, you know, I agree with you, Asa. You, you've kind of acknowledged the fact that, you know, Series 72 of like Police Interceptors or whatever, you know, might disappear at some point. Um, Hmm. So it's a risk that you have to take. I'm the same as you. I mean, even though I've got a load of you know, physical games behind, 
I can't remember the last time I bought anything physically. It's I, I like the convenience of you know, on launch day or midnight or whatever, not queuing up outside and ask there or a game anymore, and you just kind of go buy pre-order um, and and down it pops, you know, whether that's on Steam. Um, obviously, it's like Ubisoft came out and said, you know, they're obviously the most vocal. They came out you know, a few weeks ago and said people need to get used to not owning games because of that very... For that very reason, you know, they're starting to push you UB Plus and all that side of things. And actually, you can get access to our catalog. You can get access to our, if you pay the right tier, get access to our deluxe versions and so on and so forth. But they are on our, our platform and you can play them on there until we you know, take them away. I think a lot of people got a bit excited about, um, was it like Spec Ops the Line or whatever got removed or delisted from mm-hmm. Steam? Um, I mean, look how old the game is. But yeah, you know, nothing lasts forever in in this kind of digital space. And um, whether it's music licenses or any other licenses associated with the game, you're only going to look at the like the remakes of GTAs and stuff like that. You know, half the music's gone because it was licensed for X number of years, and we're well beyond that now. Yeah. I'm having some slight audio difficulties, but I did hear you there. Um, that is the good news, though. Like I say, they're not going anywhere, so you have got time. If that does worry you, then when you see things like DRM and online requirements and all of these kind of things, have your little voice at that point, is what I would say. Uh, next question is from Pete, the Arcadia. Um, can each of you tell us which game is your guilty pleasure? Please don't spare your embarrassment. Dodge, you got a guilty pleasure game. As guilty pleasure, that ain't embarrassing, right? But I think like Rocket League's a bit of a guilty pleasure. When I get on it, I'm like, it's not. It's it's always installed, right? So it's installed on the PC, and the only time it's like you'll do it on a Sunday and be like, all right, we'll start with some Rocket League. And even if I need to go to bed or something, I'm like, oh fuck it, I'll jump in for a bit, like because it's just Rocket League's such a good game, like. But that's probably. As far as guilty pleasures go, I'm quite like proud to play whatever I play. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'd say Rocket League is a guilty pleasure. Anytime that someone's playing that game, I run off like a fickle child like, all the time. There's nothing guilty about that. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Um, and Rocket League's a good shout, actually, because obviously you two got me into that in a, in a massive way. Um, so we do need to jump back onto that. I think, uh, you know, Guilty pleasure, that's a bit it. Is people have probably seen them advertised on Facebook and Insta and all of these things, but it's one of those like stupid little like you know, match three mm-hmm. match three like shapes or whatever and then start to clear. Just one of them where I've got like you know, five or ten minutes, even if I've got like two minutes while I'm waiting for something. Crazy I'll load that up on the iPhone yeah. and be like ding 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 match and stuff. So it's probably yeah, quite embarrassing for <laughs> Someone into console and PC gaming, but it is what it is. It's the time. Fine. If I'm going to have a guilty pleasure, it's going to be Forza Motorsport because I betray my own beliefs to play Forza Motorsport. Right? I, I'm massive VR head and I'm constantly saying I'm not going to play a racing game in pancake mode. They just don't do it for me anymore. And then every Sunday I play Forza Motorsport with you lot. So I'm a guilty idiot in that sense 
Forza, for all its flaws, people don't like the campaign progression and all the rest of it, and it might not drive as well as Assetto Corsa or whatever else people want to say. But it's really damn easy to set up a multiplayer session for a big group of people and just go and race. So that's my answer. I play that more often than I ever thought that I would, given that it does not support VR and Microsoft are evil in that regard. They must give me Forza Motorsport VR. Um, McGonad to the Arcadia, that's Isla, has said... No, she's taken a question from the Discord. So in our Discord server, we've got a question from Patrick that says, what's the first game that you're excited for that completely let you down? Game you were properly hyped Red and excited Ball. for. <laughs> Redfall was the first one. Come on now, that was like recency bias. There must have been one before Redfall. Yeah, I need to... Uh... <laughs> I need to go oh, oh, I'm going to go first while you think about it then. Right? Go on. Too Human. Too Human came out maybe two years into the Xbox 360 cycle and everything that had come out on the Xbox 360 as a big exclusive in those days had been gold. Absolute gold. They had like Mass Effect, Halo, Gears, all of these things were like landing. Bioshock was another one. Oblivion. Um, big game, big game, big game, big game, big game. And Too Human looked like it was the next one. The art's phenomenal. The setting, the cyberpunk north north kind of setting that it's got looked like it would be so 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 good and then silicon knights had all their legal issues and battle with epic and the game that came out was like a shell of what it was supposed to be it had some things that were nice but it ran at about four frames per second and was very repetitive and disappointing so too human is my answer I, um, mine is uh just thinking about it now is uh anthem Oh, I, uh, Anthem, I remember the trailer at the mic. Was it my, did Microsoft have the marketing for that game? Or that, when they revealed it there. I think they did because obviously I would have only watched an Xbox show back Wasn't then. It just and, the uh, well, it might have been at an EA play, maybe, yeah. And uh, but was it Muse? They used a Muse track on the trailer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. Anyway, um, yeah, it got me hyped for that. And then uh, it just, yeah. When we got hands on, I paid 70 quid for it. Oh, no, 60 quid for it. And uh, it was fucking dog. But I'd already gone over the amount of time for a refund. So I was just stuck. I literally had that one playthrough on the first day and never went back to it. And um, that, that was on the Frostbite engine, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked really nice. It did some things really well, but yeah, it was... Yeah, it was barren, though, wasn't it? Mm. It's just not... I know Patrick. I'm pretty sure Patrick from Discord's probably going to get a... Mo oh, no, it's Outriders that he caps for, doesn't he? He does. Um, yeah, Anthem was a big disappointment. What about you, Chris? Go on, tell me it was like one of the Formula One games that you worked on. <laughs> <laughs> my own, my own <laughs> product. I mean, actually, although I, I love the game, but I am gonna, I'm gonna kind of shoot myself in the foot and and you know say what a lot of people. I mean, Killzone Two. It's got to be Killzone Two, hasn't it? Where Sony released this. It go on your trailer. On. That was absolutely and the weird thing. So the truth about that trailer is, it was basically like an internal. It was almost like an internal vertical slice of what they were trying to achieve. So actually, what does the FOV look like? What does like the gunplay look like, and so on and so forth? And then someone in marketing or whatever decided to slap it in the kind of E3 showcase, um, and obviously just set. I mean, to be fair play to Gorilla, I mean they got pretty close to you know they got some things really, really right, and I think 
it looked great. Obviously, it was supposed to be the Halo killer, and it didn't quite kind of achieve that and stuff. But I think there was this kind of they were on the receiving end because this trailer came out, and then obviously the mm-hmm. game kind of looked like it, but nowhere near like it. Um, and I think it just put them on the back foot immediately. And it, it you know, it's why the game was like in development for three or four years before the likes of myself and some other people from Sony were sent over to, to, to try and help out. Um, but, yeah, I think if you if you ask any question about expectation from, like, an E3 to what was released, I think Killzone 2 always comes up. And obviously, mm-hmm. I worked on the thing, but I think it was through no fault of the developer, to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. Good answers, good answers. Right, um, we are actually hitting our two hours, so we're going to do the last few questions. Um... Let's see what comes up next. But running time for this show typically week on week will be between 90, 90 minutes to two hours. We'll try not to run it longer. Just try and keep it a nice comfortable listening length for people that are live or people that are here after. Um, are there any more questions, Isla, or have we run out? Moment, moment of suspense. Uh, episode 13 asks your most memorable game on PC um, oh, go on then I was just going to say everything that I've played on it so uh, like, yeah. anything beautiful uh, memories uh, episode, episode 13 I don't know why he's asked this because he ain't going to like the answer you know what I mean but when you go from a console experience to a PC experience if you play there are levels to this, so refresh rate is key. You know what I mean? And your memories don't even and... remember the damn frame rate when you're sitting there dreaming about these games that you no, played no, as a kid. You're I'm not saying, seeing 60 frames oh, mate, per second you're joking. dreams. I remember the first time I played PC, even Rocket League, when it was 165 frames, I was like, fucking, this feels crazy. Like, it was good. But um, yeah, having the higher, higher graphical settings and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, most memorable game on PC, if I had to give a one answer, probably just be that Last of Us remake, just because it's the first time I've ever played the game at all. Um, but yeah, reason to PC, to be fair, yeah. Chronic's yeah, got uh, Half Life yeah. Alex in there, that's cheating, that's VR. VR's obviously memorable, everybody dreams about that. Uh, what about you, Chris? You got any good ones for PC? Um, Joe, I think it's some of those kind of like PC exclusives, you know. Things going back a few years ago when it was in kind of early access, but a game called Squad. Mm-hmm. And I think like people talk about kind of like Battlefield and cards and stuff like that. But when when you play a game like Squad and you get onto a server, it's similar to like you know Armor, them, them type of games. Mm-hmm. When you get on a server where every player takes their role so seriously, so you have people who kind of fly helicopters, you have people who drive vehicles all day or you know mm-hmm. just constantly sit in vehicles and you know just take troops to the front line and back and pick others take injuries helicopters so on and so forth you kind of see what like a really good server is all about and you, you, you don't have those kind of like lone mm-hmm. wolves trying to run in and stuff like that and there's a bit of that like my brother's playing hell let loose because it's obviously on game pass and stuff at the moment so he's having some of those experiences. Um, but, yeah, I just remember being like in a small squad in squad and me and my brother were playing, a couple of other guys, 
and we were kind of moving through the map and we were kind of taking areas and we were kind of laying down fire and stuff, then people would get hit. There was just this one guy um, from down south in the UK and he was literally just a medic and he was just like picking people up, reviving them, taking them back, you know, dropping, mm-hmm. um, dropping kind of medic packs and so on and so forth. But like the discipline was unreal. It was like a job. It was like a genuine. Were set you of disciplined? Jobs. Did you pick a job? I was disciplined. I, Water I was boy. Just, um, I was my brother. I was going support, and I was kind of like a rifleman, basically just you know watching him. He was kind of laying down suppressor fire and stuff like that. But I think any kind of gaming experience, like you say with Ford, uh, you know, if you, you set up that game and you've got a group of genuine people who want to have you know have like a proper kind of gaming experience and do things right obviously mm-hmm. we've played sea of thieves together and you've set fire to our boat but there's obviously <laughs> times when oh, people cooking, don't yeah. want a, a serious gaming <laughs> experience but, but i think if you get those moments like if you played something multiplayer on vr co-op on vr or something you you'll probably have that kind of experience Mul- multiplayer you know, like but, across platforms can make strong memories can't it it just can, but there are single player ones as well. So I'm going to really quickly bash off the PC ones that come to mind for me. Um, Quake 3 Arena, Warcraft 3, and Asheron's Call 2, which was a fairly obscure MMORPG. Those are kind of the ones that got me into PC online gaming. And my, my, my journey that I've spoken about before and won't go on again. Uh, I'm going to bash on. So apparently Idea Xbox is starting any minute as well, which is another reason to try and get through the last of the questions. I've got Brian Scully has asked. How do I get through the Shadow Curse in Act 2 of Baldur's Gate 3? So without giving any spoilers, because I really will avoid spoilers even for ancient games. The Baldur's Gate 3 isn't ancient. But without giving any spoilers, Brian, if you head north, you'll find some respite. Um, Yeah, head north and you'll figure it out from there. There is... uh, Spoiler to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Um, Next question, please. Paragon... Paragon's your most memorable PC one before they cancelled it. There's, um, it's kind of a lifestyle if you're not familiar with that. Paragon was a MOBA, uh, I think a third-person action MOBA that got tanked. But they've another studio has they've not got the IP, but they've got the the rights to use all of the assets, and they've basically rebuilt, rebuilt the game under a different name. So I don't know if it's thriving or if it's like Death Store, but it does still exist. Um, and Matoni has asked, if you assigned each of the three consoles to the three sections of the body as a metaphor for their place in gaming and how they treat gamers, which would be the brains, heart, and genitalia? Let's get loose. Ah, uh, Dodge. Which um, console represents the genitalia of gaming and why? Well, I mean, <laughs> the genitals, wouldn't they? Like, yeah. right. They're just swinging around, fucking, or maybe not swinging around, but still. Um, yeah, that'd be the low. I think they'd be the lowest. Brains and the heart, both very important parts of the body. And I feel like I don't want to like Nintendo. Nintendo's the obviously heart. Be, Nintendo's going to be the heart. Sony's going to be the brains because Nintendo are they're they're just doing Nintendo things and they're still here. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, Nintendo and Sony are cold and calculated and, and navigate their way through the industry very carefully um, and very prudently. Yeah, Nintendo at the heart, they they actually seem to have a really nice board who genuinely care about more than money. Right? 
yeah. not, might not be in their best interest, but definitely the heart, which only leaves, I'm afraid. Sorry, Xbox. Um, get sweaty down there. Uh, next question, please. <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Amatoni. That was unusual. I'm glad we managed to get through it. <laughs> uh, if that is the last one. If, okay, this is the last one. This is the last one we'll do for today. It's from Tom. What are your favorite games since the start of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One generation? So favorite games from that particular generation, I was, I'll say. Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Easy answer yes. covers both. A good one. I can't, I, I struggle with keeping track of time. I remember yesterday, everything in the past is essentially yesterday. So what was in the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 generation? For me, it was, I actually didn't particularly like that generation. Um, and I spent most of my time on the PC throughout it. Those consoles as pieces of hardware didn't offer a lot. Um, so it is all about exclusives in terms of what I would associate with the consoles. I can't remember. I'm, I'm just going to cheat and say Red Dead Redemption 2. I've not even played it. Couldn't get it working. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a good answer from Leo. A lot of people love that. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 was mine. Witcher 3. I mean, Rocket League. Fucking Rocket League. Sorry, go on, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it was so good that I like started playing it on PC in much higher fidelity and frame rate. But... <laughs> so it's <not> like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I think that covers it. There were some games that count as being from that generation. Um, so we'll call it a night there. Dodge, have you got anything that you want to say to people? What are you up to? What are you looking forward to? Give it your outro. Uh, yeah, just want to say thanks to everyone who showed up uh, for the first show. Um, thanks to you and Chris as well. We spoke about doing something like this for a little while. Um, so yeah, it's just good. It's always good talking with you two, isn't it? It's just like this is the thing. It's not like it's just talking to mates. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's good. Thanks for everyone who stopped by. Um, yeah, if you get in that Discord, we're in that Discord. That's a good time over there. Uh, I ain't really got any plans, mate. I'm just gonna go <laughs> work. Probably go work. Uh, carry on letting Kojima take me on some fucking carnage fairy tale of his. And uh, West Ham will probably lose again. And that's probably the strength of it for me. So, <laughs> yeah, just another week. But, yeah, make sure you all come back next week. And, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for coming. Yeah. Over to you, Chris. Yeah, I just want to say a big massive thanks to everyone. Obviously, I'm going to start trying to make some time to play some games and have some kind of meaningful discussions on what I'm enjoying about some of those titles um obviously we've known each other and spoke for years but it's always um it's always a bit nerve-wracking the first podcast and just seeing how it flows and stuff so really appreciate everyone stopping by we've had loads of love and support in the chat um and obviously things will just start to kind of loosen and free flow in in our future podcasts um so yeah really thanks a lot for organize it and produce it thanks to either for doing the kind of questions and stuff in the background and obviously everyone else kind of chipping in uh, really appreciate it do you know what i reckon going forwards is going to be the hardest part trying to come up with something different to say at the end of the show every time um 
but it has been awesome thank you again i'm same as them like victory speech thanks everyone for coming along it is genuinely genuinely massively appreciated because we we put this on and i don't know if anyone's going to be here or not um and yeah, if you come here and supported it and kept talking to us, kept it interesting, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Like they say, it is our first episode. It's going to get smoother. It's going to get lighter. It's going to get funnier. And it's going to keep covering all manner of topics from from these kind of neutral, non-corporate, non-short angles. So hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do come back. We've got the Discord going on um, on this channel. Got Q&A for tomorrow. If you want to talk to me, then I'll be there doing that as I usually do. Um, and then the second episode of the Xbox series podcast is on Thursday. So that's how it goes. I don't have any um, thing to say to finish it. I'm just going to press the button. I can't remember what sound effect is going to play. There's probably something. I'll see you next time. Yeah.